Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. I am John Ledyard of PewterReport.com. Along with me is Scott Reynolds, also of PewterReport.com. And Scott, we are here today to do two things. Preview the 2021 Bucks regular season schedule, of which we have some breaking news. Not our news. Yeah, we do. But some recent breaking news uh, that is out there about that schedule. And you're going to rip on my fifth three-man roster prediction and tell me why it's terrible and why. (laughs) Just kidding. Hopefully not. Well, maybe. I don't know. There are some things you disagreed with maybe, but we're going to talk about that as well. A way too early 53-man roster prediction. But should be a fun Tuesday on the show. Lots to talk about, and we got the schedule dropping tomorrow. Yeah. Well, John, let's go right to that that breaking news because this is not coming necessarily from us at Pewter Report or even somebody in the Tampa market. This is coming from a source in Buffalo, John. So go ahead and read that tweet if you can. Yeah, for sure. Ryan Talbot, who covers the Bills for NewYorkUpstate.com and Syracuse.com, says the Bills and Buccaneers will not face off on NFL opening night 2021. Per sources, Buffalo will take on Tampa Bay on December 12th at 4.25 p.m. So it was a pop. It was my choice. I would have opened the season with that, but it right. doesn't appear that it's going to happen. It seems like Bucks bills will be a game that is later in the season and we'll maybe get it. May- yeah. Maybe. See, a lot of people will bill it as Super Bowl preview type of game. We'll see if it ends up going down that way. Yeah, and you know the interesting thing is, and I, I know Tony Dungy, who's kind of been pushing the Buffalo-Tampa connection yes. and and we'll see right i mean obviously he's well connected right at nbc with sunday night football and and that will be a thursday night game but the nbc sports crew will will be having the rights to that um but you know the the reason and we we tackled this in our pewter report roundtable on sunday which opponent should the bucks face in the season opener and there was a lot of uh, of discussion about that. I think Mark Cook picked the New Orleans Saints with James yep. Winston possibly winning that starting job, but that would make for some intriguing storylines. You were talking about the Buffalo Bills and and uh, Josh Allen coming to Tampa Bay for that season open. That makes a lot of sense from a mm-hmm. pure football standpoint because aside from Kansas City, you're looking at the Buffalo Bills being one of the top teams in the AFC, and we're, we're fairly close to – you know, to uh, to meeting Tampa Bay at Raymond James Stadium in Super Bowl 55. Right. Uh, the Chiefs won that game at home. The Cowboys have been talked about by the Pewter Report staff, the Saints. But the, the team that I picked was the New York Giants, and I picked them for two reasons. Number one, because of the TV market. And, I, John, mm-hmm. I think that, that this is part of the reason why it won't be the Buffalo Bills if that report is correct. And, mm-hmm. and that's because – this is about ratings, TV ratings. They want this to be a, a major ratings boom for Thursday Night Football kicking off the 2021 NFL season. And right. would Buffalo, with the number 52 TV market, deliver that? Not really. Not considering that Tampa Bay only has the 12th uh, best uh, or biggest TV market out there. So matching number 12 and number 52 – that's not going to drive a lot of interest. Now, will there be some just casual interest from football fans ready to, to see the season start? Yes, there will be. Right. Uh, w- will there be some Tom Brady fans, regardless of where they live, whether they root for the Patriots, whether they root for, for the Buccaneers? Yes, there will be. But what's going to amplify 
that in terms of, of getting the most eyeballs on that Thursday night season opener in Tampa Bay. It's going to be the TV markets. New York's sure. number one. Chicago, which the Buccaneers host, uh, Chicago's got the third highest TV market. The Dallas Cowboys have got the number five TV market. So I think one of, of those three teams, and I said New York for two reasons. Number one, because of the TV market. And, and I think, too, if you're looking at putting the Giants on there, and the Giants have, have not been a good football team. They've not made the playoffs, although they were, they were in contention, John, because of the NFC least division they were in last year where all of the teams were pretty much in it until the last week of the season because nobody wanted to win it. Washington yeah. finally did. But if, if you're going to put the Giants on uh, national television, do it early in the season while everybody's sure. – you know, Everybody's winless and 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 it just still seems, uh, in contention. Yeah, I mean, the Giants are very Giants are a talented team. I mean, they sure. If you told me they win the East, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if anybody except for Philly wins the East. I mean, that's so. It's not like I don't think those games will be over, like or anything by halftime. I know some people right. have speculated that, but it, yeah. So maybe to your point, it is just about literally like, okay, where's the market at? And, yeah. and obviously, Dallas and, and the Giants would certainly check that box, and Chicago. Right. Chicago situation is different because I agree with you that the ratings do matter and that probably will be why maybe it isn't Buffalo. Although Buffalo, I got to give shout out Buffalo Bills Mafia. I mean, they got some unbelievable fans for sure. I don't know what they're, oh, yeah. I don't know what the TV market is necessarily, but man, right. I mean, yeah, there's well, no it's, question. It's, it's number 52, John. It, it is what it is. I mean, it's a small market. It's number 52. For, oh, amongst to, NFL teams. Uh, I don't well, know I'm what just, it was for NFL market. I, I'm, I'm just saying for, for television markets, for the right. number of, of, of TVs in that area, they rank Buffalo ranks number 52 in the nation. And, and like I said, you've got New York number one, Chicago number three, Dallas number five, Atlanta number 10. You've got uh, Tampa Bay at number 12. And if you're where's New Orleans at? Uh, let's find out where, where New Orleans is at. Uh, New Orleans is at. Number fifty, so just above uh, Buffalo. Uh, so it's it's not a huge metropolitan area in terms of, of viewership, mm-hmm. um, and, and so I, I'm I'm just of the opinion that, and I'm looking at, at, the, at the Nielsen designated uh, market area here in terms of the number of TVs in the home. I, I think it's going to be one of those three teams: New oh. York, Chicago, and Dallas. The other reason, John, why I was talking about New York and the Giants is. Okay, from a uh, from from just a, a pure you know ratings uh, reason alone, set that aside for a second. Look at at the matchups. Believe it or not, these Bucks Giants games have been pretty oh, darn yeah. close games. And, and if you go back to last year, Monday Night Football, it was a game that that, that was a lot closer than everybody expected. Tampa Bay escaped New York on Monday Night Football with a 25-23 win. And, John, this would be the – One of the worst season. games the Bucs played defensively all season, I think. I mean, if they were lucky, Daniel Jones missed how many deep touchdowns wide open – I mean, he was truly yeah. dreadful in that game. If he hadn't been truly abysmal, they, they would not have won that game. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, and this would be the fifth year in a row the Bucs and Giants have squared off just due to scheduling quirks and, and how they've finished it in their respective uh, divisions. But if you go back, uh, the Giants beat the Buccaneers at Raymond James Stadium 32-31. And that was the game where the Bucs had a big lead at halftime and Matt Gay missed a, a, a mm-hmm. field goal that would have won it right there. So that was in 2019. That was a really bitter loss that the Buccaneers had to swallow. Then, then you look at the previous year and New York won that game 38-35 uh, in New York. That was a shootout. In 2017, 
New York slipped past Tampa Bay uh, at Ray J 25-23. So th- th- they've so been, been very some good games, games between Giants been very and Bucks for games. sure. Yeah. This What's interesting is that I could see it being the Giants. I think there'd be a stronger push for the Cowboys because of so – I mean, you're talking about probably the two best receiving cores in the league. Talking about Dak coming back from the injury. I mean, I mean, right. the Cowboys haven't made the playoffs in two years. Bucks are Super Bowl champions. You know, a quote unquote America's team, giant team getting better. I, you know, I paper, I, if the Bucks lost the game, probably. Others are the one that I just would the NFL, although the ratings matter, Scott, but like, would they really schedule a team that doesn't even know who their starting quarterback's going to be like right now uh, for week for to open the season? Uh, and I know you could make the argument, oh, the Giants might be scheduling Daniel Jones, who was, you know, mm-hmm. falling on his face last time we saw him in the league. Man, that's true, and that's why I think it's going to be the star power of the quarterbacks, Dak Prescott and, and Tom Brady, that's going to be eventually where they go. But that's why I move away from the Bears. I can't quite get there with the Bears. I can get there with the Giants, but I still think it's going to be us. It, it very well could be. Uh, and you look at, 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 again, Dallas has got a very strong television market, number five overall. Uh, Chicago's got the number three. So it, in, in my opinion, in, in the merciless TV ratings aspect of it, uh, I, I think it's New York, Chicago, Dallas for the TV market, only because Tampa Bay is number 12. I mean, the Bucks are they a national team? Yes, but they're not the mm-hmm. Cowboys. They don't have the TV markets of, of Chicago and New York. So the league is going to want as much pull as possible to start the NFL with a bang and say, look at us and look at the, at the ratings. And you do that by getting a team that's in those top markets. And, and even Atlanta, I, I think, might be a bit of a wild card because of uh, of, of Matt Ryan versus Tom Brady, and uh, there's not going to be a quarterback issue there. Um, but that, that's just my thoughts. But mm. apparently it's not going to be Buffalo if you're just tuning in. It's, right. It's, it's, it's going to be Buffalo per Ryan Talbot of Syracuse.com, NewYorkUpstate.com, covering the Bills. Verified on Twitter. Ryan, uh, guy I've followed and known for a long time, says that it's not going to be Bucks bills They're going to meet week 12, he says, 425 game. That's what he says. So we'll see. The schedule leaks will, of course, be plentiful, I'm sure, uh, over the next uh, few hours, 24 hours or so. Um, and the NFL, that's understandable. They want to gauge everything they can to kind of start the season off with a bang and some pop. And, uh, uh, hey, if you want to start your day off with a bang and a pop, there's no better way to do it than yourself, Celsius. John, the refreshing taste of Celsius. It gets me going. And uh, I had, as I admitted yesterday on the podcast, I had two grapes. I've never had two in the same day before. I had trouble sleeping last night. That's how good Celsius works. It doesn't quit, man. Uh, I'm back to one a day, which is what I would recommend. And it's it's also orange. Uh, Orange and grape are my two favorite flavors. So I'm going to be repping this a lot. But uh, tomorrow... When I'm getting ready for my workout, John, I'm going to be having the the orange creamsicle, which is a little bit uh, a bigger can. It's got a little bit more of a, of a boost, and I feel that helps me out when it comes to my workouts. 
the, the other thing is, is if you haven't tried Celsius yet, what are you waiting for? The cool thing, John, is we, we had a couple more uh, DMs today. We've had some, some people on Twitter say, we just found out about Celsius, finally found a can in my area, tried it. Man, this stuff's great. The reason why it's great is no sugar, no preservatives. That means you're going to get the energy without the, the crash that you're going to get three or four hours later with some of those other energy drinks. And aside from the great taste, folks, you, you just you have to try it and, and see if you like it. And once you do, I think you're going to want to buy them in bulk. But where you go to find the Celsius providers and stores that sell it around your areas, go to Celsius.com. Click on the store locator, type in your address, and all of a sudden you're going to have all these things pop up. Health and fitness uh, stores, uh, some of the big box stores, as well as convenience stores. Uh, a lot of convenience stores carry individual cans of Celsius. So grab a couple of cans, give them a try. The fruit flavors, I don't know how they do it, but they absolutely nail them. Orange tastes like orange. Watermelon mm. tastes like watermelon. Yeah. Kiwi guava tastes like kiwi guava. Blueberry pomegranate tastes like blueberry pomegranate. It is nuts. These scientists are geniuses because the flavor is unreal. <laughs> then once you find your favorite flavors... By God, man, when you're on pewterreport.com reading all the best, the best Bucks news, click on those Celsius banners. They're going to take you to Amazon where you can buy them in bulk and save a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff from Celsius as always. Okay, Scott, so we talked about and the outset of the show, the schedule and the way that it looks and the bills and the Bucks probably not facing, it sounds like now in week one, uh, per report from Ryan Talbot. Uh, now it becomes the focus of who is going to be on that schedule. We're going to be talking about the schedule tomorrow night, 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Maybe we'll go a little bit longer. Who knows? Um, but we'll be kicking things off at 7.30 p.m. with our NFL, our Bucks uh, 2021 ske- regular season schedule uh, show that we'll have. We'll be live here. We'll bring in the rest of the Peter Report gang and we'll kind of talk a little bit about the matchups and what, as the schedule's released at 8 p.m. Eastern, we'll talk about those. So you and I will be open in a preview kind of what that shows, what that's going to look like. And then once the schedule's released, we'll have plenty to break down and analysis to get into with the schedule and where the Bucks kind of stack up with the rest of the league. You wrote an article today for PeterReport.com, Scott, that's basically said strength of schedule for the Bucks is really on their side this season based on the way things look right now, which we know is obviously right now very incomplete picture. Yeah, and, and I think, too, when you look at, at at the teams they're playing, and, of course, you have to take this with a grain of salt, right, because nobody expected the San Francisco 49ers when they rolled into Raymond James Stadium at the start of the 2019 season to be very good. Matter of fact, I think I was on record saying that was going to be the easiest game in the schedule. Well, lo and behold, the 49ers smacked the Bucks right in the mouth to open uh, the season. I think that there was, uh, what, two pick sixes? in mm-hmm. that game uh, from Jameis Winston, and and that helped the 49ers get off to a 12-4 and record. And they went all the way to the Super Bowl where they lost to the Chiefs. They had a lead in that game. But nobody saw that season coming. And then conversely, nobody saw all of the injuries that would take the 49ers out of the equation for even competing for the playoffs. So it, it's it, it's you have to take the strength of schedule stuff with a grain of salt. But it is oh, yeah. interesting to note that the strength of schedule, as it stands right now for the Buccaneers, they, they rank 29th in the strength of schedule, which means they've got the fourth easiest schedule based upon last year's records and results. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia, in case you're curious, is, is number one or really number 32 in terms of strength of schedule. They've got the easiest. Their winning opponent, uh, or I should say the, the winning percentage of their opponents that they play is 43%. Dallas is next at 
at 45%. And then right behind them is Atlanta at just over uh, 45%. Tampa Bay's, uh, their opponent record from last year uh, is cumulative at 46%. Then you have Miami, Denver, Carolina, et cetera, as you go down. The teams with the hardest strength to schedule, Pittsburgh Steelers, John, a team you're familiar with, 57 uh, yes, I, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, 57%. Followed by Baltimore, 56%, and then the Bears at 55%. So, you know, we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, but what it means really is you look at, at, at teams on the Bucks' schedule, and, and, and there's some teams that really were bad last year. Uh, mm-hmm. You look at, at the Dallas Cowboys. You look at, at uh, the Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, the New York Jets, those are teams that, that drafted high in the top 15. Some of those teams are even in the top five, top 10 in terms of, of where they drafted. And uh, and they had double-digit losses. And, of course, they're hoping to reverse their fortunes and, and, and not do that. But then you have Washington on there as well as Philadelphia, some teams that, that didn't even finish with, with 500 records. And uh, so I, I think what it boils down to is, is, is on paper, it looks like it's easy. But – yeah, they they play these games every Sunday for a reason, John. Mm-hmm. Right. It's so it'll be a process of obviously like it was last season, trying to figure out will they be able to start the season quickly, like where they left off, all those kind of things. Yeah. It'll have a lot to do with you know how the off season comes together and uh, the train you know training camp, mini camp, all those things. OTAs. We've got rookie mini camp coming up this weekend, Scott. That's right. And that'll be Friday and Saturday, so we're going to get a chance to look at the rookies, our first chance to yeah. look at them out on the field. In Buccaneers practice colors, and, and so when, that'll when you be. You say we, we will be out there because physically, physically out Once there. Again. We were not. <laughs> yes, long time coming. We were not able to attend last year's rookie minicamp because there wasn't one. Mm-hmm. Nor were we able to attend any of those OTAs or minicamps because there weren't any of those either. We were able to have limited presence out there for a truncated training camp period. And uh, usually training camp lasts about five weeks. Last year it was three weeks, and there was no preseason games, of course. This year there will at least be three preseason games. But we'll be out there. And and because of, of COVID protocols that are still in effect, uh, we're allowed per media outlet two people out there. And I, I think it's going to be myself and uh, I think Taylor on Friday. And then you and Mark will be out there on Saturday. So we have two practices to watch. And the good thing is, is when you and I reconvene on Monday for Monday's podcast, John, I'll have a look at Friday's practice. You'll have a look at Saturday's. We can kind of compare notes yep. and, uh, and and give our readers and viewers and listeners all the the lowdown on how Kyle Trask looked throwing the ball and how amazing um, Joe Tryon looks running around in shorts and uh, in a jersey and a helmet. So. That's right. So there'll be some observations for sure. I'm just excited for football yeah. observations again, really. Um, you know, other than watching college tape and what little we saw at the senior bowl, you know, feels like it's been a while since that happened. And so uh, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to be able to take a look at those. But I looked at the 53 man roster and kind of predicted and broke things down a little bit, Scott. And I said, okay, where where's even the battles on this roster? And let me tell you, this was the easiest 53 man roster <laughs> prediction I have ever done, Scott. Doesn't mean yeah. there weren't some things people could disagree with, but to me, right. it was very, very simple. And let's just start with the positions of controversy, maybe, and that I, in my 53 man roster prediction that I had, which you can check out over at pewterreport.com for this week's Bucks briefing. I really don't think that the Bucks' final three draft picks make the team. I don't think they make the active roster, I should say. I think that 
whoever they want to get on the practice squad, I think they'll be they'll be able to get to the practice squad. But I, I don't see KJ Britt right now with who they added. I don't see KJ Britt, Chris right. Wilcox, or Grant Stewart being able to make this team because if they're going to only keep four off ball linebackers, which I'm sure that they will. Mm-hmm. I think Joe Jones is going to make the team over KJ Britt or Grant Stewart. It's not that I think Britt is some you know guy that couldn't make it, but I just J- Jones right. is a proven special teamer. I mm-hmm. talked to people in Denver; they love him. He's a great locker room guy. Character works his tail off. Smart, a leader. They always said they wished he would have gotten more opportunities and on on the field defensively because of how athletic he is. They think he he has un, un you know untapped potential in that role. I just think Jones is going to win that job. And if they're only keeping four, yeah. well, you've already got Devin White, Levante David, and Kevin Minter that are locked. So mm-hmm. where well, does Stewart and Britt make the Well, team? the interesting thing is, is because Joe Jones is a veteran, right? I could see, I could see the possibility that Joe Jones is actually competing with Kevin Minter wow. for, for one of those roles as, as a veteran. Because here's the thing. Devin White is now entering year number three, and he knows this defense now. I mean, we mm-hmm. saw a different Devin White in the playoffs than we even saw at the beginning of the season. Uh, I, I think that that his development was slowed and stymied last year by not having a preseason, by not okay. having the OTAs and all of that. But I think during the season, he really made up some ground. And I think Buccaneer fans are, are excited about the prospects of Devin White being a Pro Bowl caliber player entering his third season. And so I don't know that this year that having Kevin Minter, and, and I, I love and appreciate Kevin Minter as, as a player and as a person. Mm. I mean, I, I really enjoy talking with him. He's full of insights, and I think there is some value there. But I wouldn't necessarily say he's a lock for, for one big reason. He's 31 years old. And if Joe Jones can come in and be a veteran, I don't know that you're, that, that this, this team is, is at the point where it, they have to keep Kevin Mentor because Devin White doesn't know the, the defense. Sure. I, right. I, I think that 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 whoever replaces, let's say Devin were to get hurt and miss a couple games, or Levante were to come in and miss a couple games, whoever that, that starting linebacker is that's still standing, whether it's Devin or Levante, I think they can they can command the ship at the linebacker core and play traffic cop and, and direct traffic with whoever's in there, whether it's yeah. Jones, whether it's KJ Britt, Grant Stewart, whoever. So I, I, I would almost say, and, and I, I agree with you, that it could be Jones and Minter, but if K.J. Britt or even Grant Stewart makes a really strong case as a young linebacker, there could yeah. be there could be a situation where Jones replaces Minter and maybe Britt or Stewart comes aboard because Jones is 27, four right. years younger than Minter. He's still barely played defensively, and that's where it gives me pause, even though I think he might sure. have some upside there. He's barely played defensively in his career, so a little bit of pause there because Minter, if somebody goes down, you'd love to have a guy with his experience. He played – they raved about him last year in the play. Yeah. I, I think because of that, because of this too, Scott, I think the Bucks are valuing vets on the roster right now while they're in this window. Yep. And the third reason is I don't think there's any upside in K.J. Britt and Grant Stewart. It's not like they took a, a highly athletic, raw guy and later in the draft that they were like, we're going to – we need a couple of years with them. To right. me, they took guys who they think, if something happened, could be good special teamers, and that's yeah. the ceiling for these guys in the NFL. Oh, I, so I agree, but because I, of that, I don't know that the young thing I, look, ends up mattering. To I, them. Here's the thing: to Josh Allen's point, special teams captain would be tough to cut him. Listen, Dario yeah. Dario Gunbwale was a special teams captain the year before. 
They cut and him. They shouldn't, have, they shouldn't have cut him, though. So well, they maybe, they learned, they, they <laughs> maybe, maybe so, they learned their lesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that, you know, there's there's been other special teams captains that have been right. cut. I mean, Ryan Smith was a special teams captain at one point, and, and he's no longer on the team either. So, yeah. Um, I don't think that I don't think they would do it, though. They lost Smith. They lost Adams. Losing Minter would be another shot special teams wise. Yeah. Not that they couldn't sustain it, but I love Kevin. He's not getting any, any faster. So that's we'll see. that's true. That's well, maybe no, I doubt it. <laughs> it's probably not happening. All right. So there was my first controversial thing. I don't think Stewart or Britt make the team. I did have Britt on the practice squad. I don't think any can get waivers. You got him, you're gonna get him on waivers. They were not. I don't think they were talking about coveted guys. Maybe I'm wrong. And okay, if not, I think you can find both types of guys, uh, no problem <laughs> moving forward. Uh, the other thing that I, I said, I don't think Wilcox, who was what the 253rd pick in the draft, I don't think he yeah. makes the team either because I th- I look at the situation at corner and I say, okay, they signed Nate Brooks, who's a veteran, who yeah, he hasn't played a ton, but he's still played right. some. He's been around. He's been on special teams. And then you have another guy in, in Herb Miller that you and I have always kind of liked a little bit. And so mm-hmm. here's your five, and I don't think you're carrying six on the active roster. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but I I don't see Wilcox having a path right now. I mean, there's a path. Certainly, you could beat those guys yeah. out, but it'd be kind of surprising, right? I mean, he's not really ever shown like this ability, and even in college, you know, he's he's got traits, he's athletic, and he's big. But right. we see guys like that come and go every year. And if you didn't show anything in college with those traits, it's probably unlikely you're going to in the NFL. I agree, and and this team is has stuck with Herb Miller for a while now. And, and, I was going to ask you like that. Him. How long has it been with Herb? Well, it's it's been – this is going on the, the second year, but, I mean, just saying he was a practice okay. squad player. They brought him up. They've, they've kept him. They've raved about him. Um, you know, and, and when he's gotten the brief opportunity, he made something of it, right? And I think that counts yeah. in, in the Lions game, even though it was the second half of the Lions game. He still made an interception when other defensive backs in Tampa Bay secondary didn't that game. So I, I think that you look at Herb Miller – young he's got size he's long uh, and and he's been productive in there and obviously he's contributed enough on special teams to to stick around but i i think with carlton davis entering that contract year this year mm-hmm. and then right behind him you've got jamel dean and sean murphy bunting i think you can only keep one of those guys rather than both especially if you're going to pay big money to carlton davis as your shutdown mm-hmm. corner if he's going to be the guy getting the big money then you can't have three big money cornerbacks. You probably can only have right. one big money and then one kind of big money opposite starter him. Uh, so that's either going to be Dean or Murphy bunting. And I would love to see this team come in and, and have another young cornerback in the hopper to either potentially replace Dean or Sean Murphy bunting. And they're going to, they're going to have to draft one next year uh, and probably mm-hmm. a lot earlier than, than Chris Wilcox, who was a late day three guy. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. It really, de- so much depends on how Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting play this year. It's something right. I'll continue to write about, and I've already kind of touched on a little bit in articles. But, man, there's so much riding on those guys. And there was last year, too, and honestly, mm-hmm. it was one of the reasons why at the end of the – you're going out of the bye, at least, we were like, oh, I don't know what this team can yeah. do. And then even going to the playoffs, you were like, man, I just don't know because hey. we'd seen them get toasted up enough. Yeah. You know, and the offense did enough, but then in the postseason they played great. And so there's just this – you know, there's been this up and down with both of those guys right. that I can't wait to see how they play this year. I think a ton is riding on them. Yeah, and, and the thing too, John, is is the NFL is such a, a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up watching the Redskins – you know, fan back in the day. And I, I remember when, when Timmy Smith was the late sub 
in the Super Bowl uh, with Doug Williams. Mm -hmm. And I think he had something some close to 200 yards rushing or, or whatever, so, some massive amount for this unheralded backup guy. And everybody thought, wow, Timmy Smith's arrived, you know. And it was just a flash in the pan. And, yeah. and, and even, you know, even uh, Malcolm Butler, right, with the Patriots, he makes the, the, the hero play on the goal line. Everybody thinks he's this stud star cornerback. And he Dexter, just, Dexter Jackson, Dexter Jackson. Yeah. Right place, right time. And, yeah. you know, and even Dwight Smith, I mean, he had two pick sixes in the Super Bowl and he was a good cornerback, sure. but the guy, the guy never sniffed a pro bowl. And, um, and so Sean Murphy Bunting had a, had a phenomenal playoffs. I mean, you can't take that away from him, but Sean Murphy Bunting in the playoffs was head and shoulders above the regular season, Sean Murphy Bunting. And, and some of that was maybe due to injury because he was nicked up. But I want to yep. see what he can do over a 17-game season before I am ready to anoint him as a player that's in Carlton Davis's mm -hmm. category. And same with Jamel Dean. Jamel Dean had the, the pick six against Aaron Rodgers mm -hmm. early in the season. That was the only interception he had. Yeah. And, yeah, so, and I mean, yes, he, he played well in terms of, of con contesting catches and, and, and not allowing his guy to run wild. Yeah. But we didn't see a lot of plays out of Jamel Dean either. Right, right. No, uh, it's a good point. Uh, you know, Buck Squad podcast says, so basically you think they will cut all of our draft picks. Ridiculous. No, I think they will cut. I think they will waive three of the draft picks. Yes, the round five and the two round seven picks uh, who were yeah. the two of the last five, six picks in the entire draft. Um, I think that they will waive them. And I think that they yeah. will bring back Britt and Wilcox to the practice squad very easily. No one else will pick them up. So not very uncommon uh, practice, honestly, Buck Squad. Right. Um, but also they will keep then the top four picks. Now, Jalen Darden's a tricky situation, Scott. Let's touch there before we go back to safety. Mm -hmm. But I look at the wide receiver room right now, and there's obviously five locks in Evans, Godwin, Brown, Scotty Miller, and Tyler Johnson. Mm -hmm. Five locks. Nobody's debating those five. Right. Um, after that, it gets tricky. Do you keep six? You know, do you let's just start there. Do you yeah. think the team only has do you think there's six receivers? on the star do you think they go to seven do you think they try to sneak in i mean there's a possibility i kept five yeah. safeties just to get nine o-linemen so they're right there's somewhere room four running I, back so it depends I, I, where you take i it. think they keep six receivers i mean this is a wide yeah. receiver driven offense right it just is right. i mean with mike evans chris godwin um the bucks are in three wide receivers an awful lot and so yeah i do think that's the case also too remember uh, in arian's first year and 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 these are scarring moments for head coaches and general managers, right? The Buccaneers were seven and seven uh, heading into two home games against Houston and Atlanta at the end of the 2019 season. And Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Scotty Miller all went down with hamstring injuries and missed the last two games. Evans missed, I think, right. a game before that, the Lions game. Oh, and I'm they, saying more six or seven, not five well, or six. I no, no, no. I, but that's what that's why I'm saying they're going to keep six because so they don't want seven. that happening again. Right. I, I don't think they're going to keep seven. Seven, right. seven is just it, it, you're, you're not going to be you're not going to be able to dress uh, more than six. You needed to so be you, like Matthew Slater on special teams or something like that to like be a seventh receiver. You need yeah. to basically be an ace on special teams. Yeah, I, I think that's the case. Yeah, the, the, right. those bottom guys on the depth chart all have to be active and in, in plays, commanding roles in special teams as gunners, right. returners, etc. John Franklin's not going to make the team. Uh, you know, he's he is going to be another gadget wide receiver, but they also have Travis Johnson in that role. Mm -hmm. uh, then you look at Josh Pearson. I, I just I agree with you, John. I think I think your your six wide receivers. 
the obvious ones, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson for sure. They like what he did at the end of the season last year, and then you see a future with him. Jalen Darden is going to get that that rookie benefit of the doubt. Um, I, I think those are the six wide receivers they keep. I be shocked this, if they keep seven. That's where it gets real interesting to me because you you really can't see a, a scenario in which Jalen Darden and and Jaden Mickens are on the on the roster at the same time. Like sure, I think it's, it's one or the other. Yeah, right. But it's like no. But but Watson. And Darden, you could see, or Watson and Mickens, you know, uh, you know, we obviously think Darden's going to make it, but let's yeah. say Darden goes out and muffs in two preseason, in three preseason games, right. he muffs two punts. What are you going to do with him? Like you can't, you have to have well, a punch. He's going to get a hamstring gonna... injury, John. He's going to get an injured reserve. He's going to get a red shirt exactly season. Because right. that's, that's what happened exactly to Kenny right. Bell. Justin he got Watson stays a hamstring injury. Yeah. 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 And you give him a red shirt season and, and then you, you hope that, uh, that he can develop again. It didn't happen for Kenny Bell. Um, Kenny Bell was was phenomenal minicamp player, like one of the best I, minicamp players I've ever seen. You put that, that guy when I was starting out, Scott. Yeah, yeah. You, you put that guy in a game day jersey and put him under the lights, and he fumbles opening kickoffs. He can't catch passes. He can't separate. All those things. So, uh, you know, th- that's real. I mean, you you can't just be a practice player. You got to go out there and perform under the lights. So. Um, and, and for that reason, I, Justin Watson has had numerous opportunities in the preseason and during the season to step up and show he can really be uh, an sure. offensive player. And, and I think that, that you saw him get active for a couple games on offense early in the season. But as Tyler Johnson learned the playbook, he's the one that took those handful of reps uh, on offense away from Justin Watson. And, and I, I don't think that that bodes too well for Justin Watson's future. He is going to have to make this team uh, as one of the clear special teams aces. And I don't, I don't see that happening this year. Right. I agree with you. Hey, if you like the buck stuff that we talk about, the draft stuff, the player analysis that we talk about, you got to head on over to Locker Room. It's a social audio app that is changing the way we talk sports. It's the only place for live audio conversations about takes rumors, news, and things you care about. React sports news as it happens. Gather all your friends and watch parties for the biggest games. Rep your favorite teams and find your community. Better Sports Talk is just a tap away. Download the Apple App Store and join the conversation with Locker Room tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. Your boy and Josh Allen of Bucks Report will be going live on Locker Room talking a little Bucks, talking a little prospects, talking like we always do, talking about the schedule, answering questions. We always find a fun topic of conversation. Those of you who jump on there, it's always a good time. You know, jump on there uh, and, and talk with Josh and I. Socks and Bucks, last time we had a great turnout, great group. It was a lot of fun. So uh, jump in there and chat with us, and uh, that'll be 8 p.m. Eastern uh, tonight. Locker Room's always doing some good stuff. And if you're not, if you don't have uh, the the iPhone, I know Locker Room's working on the Android version. So <laughs> we'll see what happens, but hoping that they come out with a version that can make uh, I'll get you all in there as well. All right, Scott. So let's go to the safety position. This is the we got the three locks, right? Okay. Yeah. We've we've clearly got uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., Jordan Whitehead, and Mike Edwards. Then it becomes this Javon Hagans here. Okay. They've got mm-hmm. the two undrafted free agent guys, Lawrence White and Augie Contreras. I love that name. I hope he falls out. By the way, <laughs> just I just want to put it out there that oh, I will yeah. be oh, I will yeah. be I will be unbiased toward. Not 89 players on that row, but Augie Contressa, who I've never right. seen play. I got I got to got a vouch for my guy, Augie Contressa. But anyway, don't think he's gonna make the team. Sorry, Augie. 
Um, and then you've got Raven Green, who they just picked up um, as a as a as a free agent, uh, who's actually played a little bit of football. I know a lot a lot of people know his mm-hmm. name, Scott, but he's he's done some stuff. And I have him making the roster as the fourth safety, and I have Javon Hagen making the roster. I had them keeping five safeties, and the reason for that, Scott, is that Raven Green has played linebacker in Green yeah. Bay too. He's basically been like their dime linebacker. Mm-hmm. So if something were to happen. Some will compare him to Dan Buchanan, although Buchanan was just really a linebacker. Green has a mm-hmm. little bit of versatility. He's played in the slot. He can play deep some, but he's mostly played in the box. He's a great blitzer. He has like three sacks and like 400 career snaps or something yep. like that as a safety. Um, so he's a good tackler, physical guy. And he can wear a lot of hats for this team. He's going to be a nice piece. And let's not forget, Mike Edwards can also play nickel as well. And, uh, of course, you know, you'd have Ross Cockrell come in. He's more of the of the pure backup nickel cornerback. But if you want to go with that three-safety look, which the Buccaneers did deploy, per your suggestion, uh, Todd Bowles did deploy that at, at times. Winfield, Whitehead, and Edwards on the field all together, uh, they can do that. And so I agree with, with the five-safety concept because of the position flexibility, not just mm-hmm. Antoine Winfield or Jordan Whitehead being able to play free or strong. No, we're talking about – Different positions with nickel. We're talking about about nickel linebacker, and and I think that's where Raven Green can help this team. He's a bigger bodied guy, and I think Edwards with the ability to play inside at nickel cornerback or deep free safety. I think that 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 I like that group, and I think Javon Hagen. They liked what he brought to the team last year from a special yeah. team standpoint, and uh, he's a developing safety that they're pretty excited about. So he's mm-hmm. got to have. Uh, another good preseason, and um, well, he didn't have one last year, but he's but he's got to show well in the preseason. Another good training right. camp, right. and sometimes you have these guys. Dakota Dixon was a player that they were very very high on before he injured his shoulder. He was having a phenomenal training camp in 2019. They brought him back. He was not the same player, and it ended up you know didn't make the team. So it's it's all about what have you done for me lately? So Javon yeah. Hagen. They liked what he did last year. He's got to do it again this year and prove it. And you have him making uh, the 53-man roster as the fifth safety. And right now, I, I wouldn't necessarily dispute that. Right, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how many of those – what how they view the safety room, I think, when they get closer to the season. Because I think Green's ability to wear multiple hats, plus he's a stud special teamer. Haggis will be a stud, stud special teamer. One thing I look at this Bucks roster, Scott, and I think – where did they get better? Well, obviously, Giovanni Bernard's an addition. Joe Tryon's an addition. If you look across this roster on offense or defense, those are really the only new guys that are likely to see the field, unless there's injuries, obviously. Those are the yeah. only new guys that are likely to see the field uh, this season, really. I mean, mm-hmm. especially on Sundays. I mean, you could say other guys maybe to small roles, but really, that's it. I mean, those are the new guys. And right. so, yeah, you got better in those two areas, and I think both those guys are improvements. But one of the biggest things, Scott, is I think you look at this team and I think they got better on special teams. I mean, I think having a guy like Joe Tryon, they played they played like all last season with basically nobody as their number four outside linebacker. And they played basically nobody as their number four off ball linebacker. Mm -hmm. Those are special teams. You know, you need those guys to be stud special teams, even at at, at corner. You know, there wasn't necessarily like a depth and that'll be an issue this year Mm -hmm. at corner, too, because Cockrell's not I don't think much of a special teamer, but. You counter that in some ways with carrying the two safeties. You know, Raven Green to me and right. Javon Hagan. I mean, Andrew Adams is a good special teamer, but I think they can be better yep. with those two guys in the lineup too. So I think they did a good job of looking at that and kind of adding to pieces that can help them get stronger in that area of the game. And if Darden pans out, it'll be one of the stories of the offseason to me, one of the quiet stories because the special teams and nobody cares that they got better at that part, that third phase of the game. Yep. 
Um, I haven't seen this yet on Twitter. We're obviously doing the the podcast live right now, but um, you know, it looks like it's being reported. I'm seeing it now on Twitter. The Bears will open in LA on Sunday night football Correct. against the Rams, right? Yeah, so I saw, I just saw so that as well. Yeah, yeah. So that, that Danny that Parkins them. reporting that, by the way. Yep. I, he's a radio guy in Chicago, I think. I, no disrespect yeah. to Danny, I didn't know he is. He's plenty of big following, right. so verified and everything. So yeah. So that so means Giants, Giants, Giants or Dallas, Dallas or Saints could be or Saints. Yeah. yeah. We don't I think could, it's Saints. That. your reasoning to me was very sound on Saints, although we did see, you know, obviously yeah. those games did very well last year. I know that. Remember Buck Saints. The blowout game, which wasn't even you know a great game, but the blowout game yeah. did very very good numbers. And the week one game was the most watched game in like five years between or something like right. that. On what was it Fox? It was on it was the Fox's most watched game in like five years, something yeah. like that. I can't remember exactly. So there were good numbers on those games too. Although again, we're in this situation now that you you don't know who the Saints starting quarterback is going to be in. Right. Is the league willing to go there with a team that's? I wouldn't say the Saints are rebuilding; they're still good, mm-hmm. but. Are they willing to go there with week one? They want their opening game to be a team that could be trotting out Taysom Hill at quarterback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess well, the Super Bowl and, chance. and also losing a lot of people too. You know, I mean, that's the thing that the Saints the Saints lost a lot of people, including Trey Hendrickson, their their uh, leading sacker last year, their designated mm-hmm. pass rusher, and uh, Alex Anzalone, the, one of their their two inside linebackers. To your point, though, about upgrading special teams, John, yes. Essentially what you have is you have Joe Tryon replacing Cam Gill. Cam Gill was a core special teams guy last year. Didn't offer much in terms of upside in terms of pass rush. Now, he did get a half sack to his credit, split a sack with Ndamukong Sue in the Super Bowl. But, I mean, Joe Tryon is a first-round pick, and Cam Gill's an undrafted free agent. So, in, in my opinion – uh, I, that that's a huge upgrade right there. And if and if Joe Tryon's your number three outside linebacker behind Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett, then you've got Anthony Nelson at, at, at number four, which is probably, given what we've seen from Anthony Nelson and the fact that he was a fourth-round draft pick, probably where he should be on the depth chart at number four yes. rather than number three, which is where he was last year. So I agree. And and um, and, and it might just really be those, those two guys seeing – Playing time, as you're talking about during the rookie season, uh, you know, and, and you know, being Darden and and Tryon, uh, yeah. Hainsey, in talking with uh, with Jake Arians last night, sent up Bruce Arians on the podcast, offered up the fact that it probably wouldn't be Hainsey seeing that Joe Haig role as that extra tight end, right? That it probably would be more OJ Howard being back on the field mm-hmm. if he's healthy, or if they do, do decide to go jumbo and bring in another lineman to play an extra tight end to help out in the run game probably would be veteran Josh Wells over the rookie Hainsey. That makes sense too. Yeah. No, that makes complete sense. Hainsey really needs to be a developmental year for him. I think you never know how quickly that can happen with guys. Maybe with him, it happens very quickly. We'll see. But I think that, yeah, he's that that's kind of the, the arc for him this year. And so I think you're right. I think we'll see Joe Tryon and Jalen Darden, hopefully, you know, Kyle Trask will see, but expecting him to be the QB three on the depth chart. Um, you know, that you would think that those would be probably the only rookies. And maybe there's still that possibility right. for Britt. If somebody gets hurt, you know, maybe he gets on the field, special teams. But he's probably, even if he gets out, I mean, again, unless he beats out Jones, he's probably not getting a hat uh, on Sunday right. if he makes the roster. And so, um, so yeah, you're looking at a very real possibility that Darden, and that's, that's the roster, not the draft. You know, I'm not ready to go there with the draft. Right. I'm speaking to the roster. Like, you know, if Joe Tryon can come in, Scott, 
I, I, man, I know we've talked about him, but man, if he can come in and give you anything on passing downs, right. it makes so many other positions better. If he can be an impact player, you can get Indomitian Sue off the field in certain situations. Mm-hmm. You can get Will Golston off the field. You don't have to play those guys. You can get right. Jason Pierre Paul off the field because mm-hmm. Tryon can come in. You can kick Pierre Paul inside. You can take Pierre Paul out. You can get Tryon in on the edge. He gives you flexibility. You just didn't, you had no pass rush depth last year and you still right. won the Super Bowl. You had yeah. no rush down. And, I mean, nobody. And they were lucky that Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett were healthy enough to play in all those right. games. Right. You know? They played every game except the COVID game that Barrett missed, which right. know, just was a precaution, basically, because he was uh, yeah. being positive. So, yeah, it is uh, – it's just unlikely that probably happens to that extent again. Right. I mean, maybe it does. You hope. I mean, certainly. But I just think Joe Tryon's a big piece of the puzzle. As much as we'll downplay the rookie class as a whole, and we should mm-hmm. because there is not much – of a path for a role this year for this group i think mm-hmm. joe tryon's path can be a big one even if he never starts a game and there's right. still a pretty decent chance he does start a game this season if he wins that number three spot um yeah i i really uh, i really think that that's kind of a, a big part of this team's success this year defensively will be how impactful he's able to be early on i i totally agree and john if you're looking for impact right we've got a, a new fantasy game that you can play it's it's our friends over at symbol the stock market for sports now this is a really unique website that that has changed how you play fantasy symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your team wins symbol has blended sports and the stock market to offer you a new way to invest in and profit off your favorite teams use your sports knowledge to buy low sell high Earn cash payouts when your team wins. Join the over 2,500 early adopters, including myself, that have started to invest in their favorite teams. The stock market for sports, just a tap away. Create a free, a free account in seconds and start profiting from your sports knowledge. Head over to www.symbol.app backslash Peter Report. When you do that, they're going to give you a $10 deposit bonus when you sign up using the promo code Pewter. So very cool game to play if you like the stock market if you like fantasy sports yeah um, they they found a, a great way to to merge both of those and it's going to be an exciting season over at symbol yeah absolutely all right well we've we've kind of looked at this roster from a couple of different angles scott we've kind of analyzed that we've talked about the schedule and tomorrow we'll be live talking about the schedule as it's released 7 30 8 30 ish will be on the show talking about the buck schedule will be released at 8 p.m we are very excited about this uh i don't think we didn't do a live show last year but we will kind of roll through the games and talk wins losses and we'll expand that into a bigger show with the crew later on but we're going to bring in the peter report staff get their thoughts kind of one by one bring them onto the show so it is going to be a fun tomorrow night 7 30 p.m eastern we will be live so make sure you go to pewter report tv make sure you're subscribed hit the bell to get the notifications when we go live so you don't forget about it and miss it but we'll be live that schedule will drop at eight we'll have live reactions to the schedule as always we will have things kind of updated for you throughout the day at pewter we're hearing things we're not going to publish stuff on every schedule leak that you hear but when things are verified and it's a verified source that's a reporter like we've talked about with ryan talbot saying reporting that the bill it won't be bills box week one they'll meet in week 12 instead we'll publish some of those things with regard and and, and give those people credit for their reports but we'll keep you updated at peterreport.com with kind of all of that stuff going on with the schedule as we near that release time on uh, wednesday night so it's going to be good Looking stuff scott to it, john 
Yeah, and then we got yeah, Thursday. I'm lining up, depending on who that game, week one game is, Scott, I'm lining up a guest for it. So I had somebody lined up if it was the Bills. They're out, so now i got to go scramble. I'm going to get a Cowboys person. I know I'm going to get. But we're going to talk that game a little bit on Thursday then at 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, I'm guessing we'll be that we'll be live at that time. So we'll break down that game a little bit more in, in, in detail and in depth as well. So it's going to be good stuff. We appreciate you all sticking with us. And tomorrow, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, we'll be live with you all again. So fun stuff as always. We appreciate you all tuning in to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out. Out.